Matthew chapter 4. Open up your Bibles. Matthew chapter 4. Remain standing with me for just a few moments. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. You could sense the presence of God here in this place. I love that, what you're doing back there. I think that's awesome. I love praising the Lord. Praise the Lord with the, the gowns. Praise the Lord with everything that we have. The banners. Wave the banner. Wave the banner of Jesus Christ. I believe that's what we should be doing every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, and every day that ends with why. We should be doing that. Worshiping the Lord. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. If you have it, say amen. It says, and he said unto them, follow me. Someone say, follow me. Then it says, and I will make you fishers of men. Say, fishers of men. Now look at your neighbor and tell them, go fish. Father, have your way. Let us be fishers of men, fishers of souls. In Jesus' name, we all said, you may be seated here this afternoon. Now, at the end of this message, we're going to do something that I think I've never done before in all the years of my preaching and in all the years of, I think, my father's preaching. I don't think I've ever done this in a message. We've done it before, but we've never done this in a message. And you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about in just a little bit. Somebody say, go fish. Somebody say, go fish. The other day I was in the car, and we were sitting and we were waiting uh, for someone else. When I say we, I mean my children. And were, I have four wonderful children, and they're crazy sometimes. And we're sitting there, and we were waiting. And when, uh, while we were waiting, my daughter says, hey, Dad, let's play go fish. I said, all right. I said, you got a deck of cards? She goes, yeah. I said, all right. So we're just sitting there, and we have the AC on, and all four of my kids, and my kids got excited. Now, if you've never played Go Fish, what it is, it's, you know, you get a deck of cards, and you pass out a set to everybody that's there, whether it's two people or ten people. You can play with however many uh, you want to play with. And the purpose of the game, the object of the game, is once you get a set of cards, you have to match them. And once you match them, you put them down there so everyone can see what you're matching. However, if, if you have a bunch of cards that are single or solo in your hand, uh, what you have to do is you have to ask somebody, hey, do you have a four? And if they have it, they give it to you. You have to give it to them. That's the rules of the game. You must give it over. However, if they don't have it, what they will do is they will say, I'm sorry, go fish. And so what then you do is you get into that deck that is there and you take a card until you match what you're looking for. The purpose of the game is to match what you're looking for. And here this morning, I want you to know that Christ has given us the commission to always go fish, to match soul to soul, to be able to match and see that people like us have been hurting at one time, and there's others out there that are hurting, and we got to match the souls. Hey, I'm hurting, you're hurting, let's match, let's come together, and let us worship the Lord. Let us go fish. What Christ was doing here is he was calling professional fishermen. He was getting these professional fishermen that already knew how to fish for fish. But now he wanted to teach them how to fish for souls. 
Now, what's very important that we see here in this portion of Scripture, and it's the brunt of this whole message, and I'm going to get right to it. We're going to get right to the meat of it. And the meat of it is this. If you ain't fishing, you ain't following. That's the brunt of the message right there. We're going to make an altar call right now. If you ain't fishing, you ain't following. This verb here is to be translated, I will make you to become fishers of men. In other words, he was going to take these men and get them in the art and teach them the skill of fishing for souls. They had the skill of fishing for fish. They went out to the seas. They went out to the lakes. They knew where to go and how to do that with the nets, but they did not know how to do it with their hearts. And so what he wanted to do is he wanted to teach them how to fish for souls in their hearts. If you want to be a good fisherman, there are certain things you need to determine. I'm going to get right to it here this morning. There are six things really quickly that I want to give you in these principles of fishing. Somebody say fishing. Now, before I continue on, I want to know how many fishermen or fisherwomen do we have here? You love fishing. Raise your hand. You love fishing. Oh, wow. So quite a few of you. Okay. So pretty much you're going to be able to take this message and turn it over quite quickly. For those of you that love to, you know, fish for fish, can I be honest with you? I'm not a fisherman. I can't stand it. You sit there and you sit there and you sit there and you do nothing. I'm just being honest with you, right? I can't stand it. Because you're just sitting there with a the pole. And I, I remember the first time I went out there fishing. I, it was early in the morning. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. They go, yeah, you got to go out early. I was like, early? What for? Did, are the fish going somewhere else at 6 o'clock? Are they going somewhere else at 9 that I know not of? Do they have an appointment? No, you got to get out there early. All right. Go out there. It's early morning. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. We're going to fish. All right, so we get everything ready. So I'm excited. I'm a baseball player. I'm a basketball player. I'm a football player. So everything is right here. Here, take the ball. Let's go. Let's run. All right, let's go. Hit that guy. Move that guy. Get the ball. Shoot it in the hoop. Hit the ball. Get it over the fence. You know, everything is like move for me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So Right away, they got me. Okay, get the tackle box. Get the tackle. Okay, get the tackle. You got the bait. You got the rods. Okay, all right, let's go. All right, here we go. We're getting on the boat. Oh, we're on the boat. Okay, now sit there. Stinks. It's horrible. But you know what I love? I love fishing for souls. And I've learned how to just sit there. Sometimes fishing for souls is the same principle. You have to just sit there. Well, no, they should be coming to church right now. No, you just got to sit there. You got to learn. See, these principles of fishing for fish is the exact same thing of what it is for fishing for souls. That's why Christ right away said, if I'm going to get people to reach, I need to get those who are already reaching. They're just reaching the wrong things. See, there are too many people going after money rather than going after God. We got to teach them how to still go after, keep that passion, but you got to go after God. These six principles I want to give you really quick are the same principles in fishing for fish as it is for fishing for men. The first principle or first fundamental is we need to know what it is that we are fishing for. Know what we are fishing for. If you're going to go to the lake to catch catfish, you will take a totally different approach than you would if you were going out to sea to catch a swordfish, right? Two totally different dynamics, especially as the lake as it is to the sea. Those are two totally different dynamics. All the fishermen say amen. Okay, they should understand. They should know that there's not the same thing. 
You use different equipment. You use different size poles. You have different hooks, different kinds of bait. Your approach would be totally different. Even as a church, we must identify with those who we are trying to reach. While everyone of Adam's race is just a sinner that needs God's love and forgiveness of salvation, the people we deal with must be approached on the terms that they can understand. Jesus did the same things with this truth. When he was talking with fishermen, he would talk about fish. When he was with farmers, he would talk about farming. When he met a woman of a different ethnic background, we talked about the Samaritan woman, he talked about what she was going through. When he encountered a rich young ruler, guess what he talked about? Money. When people were thirsty, he talked about the water of life. When people were hungry, he talked about the bread of life. When people were guilty, he talked about forgiveness. Whatever it was that they needed, that's what he would talk about. That's where he would go with. See, he understood what it was, what, what he was looking for. See, Jesus always knew how to deal with people on the terms that they could understand. Now, this is very important. We don't ever want to narrow our vision that we can't include all portions of society, but we also must recognize that not every person that lives within driving distance of our church will be happy worshiping God in this type of fellowship. Now, this is very important. Now, remember, we're talking about fishing here. Remember, he says, I will make you. That word make means mold. So he's going to mold you into the fisherman. Here this morning, we want to mold the technique. We want to mold the anointing that God has given you. That's very important. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to mold your anointing. Now, this is very important. Everyone is welcome in our church, but not everybody wants to come to our church to get well. Right? It's a hard truth. It's hard, and you know who had to realize that hard truth first? Me. Ah, oh, and my wife knows me very well. I, I wish that everybody would just like what I'm doing. I want to, you know, hey, nice to meet you. I'm a nice guy. I'm, fairly, I'm a fairly nice guy. But you know what I've noticed? That not all people like nice people. And for a nice guy like me, that kind of hurts. I just want to help. Help Because other people think that my niceness has ulterior motives. Oh, you just want this. You just want that. No, I just want to help. Can I just do this with you? I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to those in the homeless community that have been out there. I try to, here you go, let me help you. I don't want that. Give me something else. Well, can I, this is what I have. Can I just give you this? Time and time again. I mean, now believe me, it doesn't stop me from doing it, but it helps me understand my focus. It helps me to realize where we're going, the anointing that God has given us. See, you need to know what you're going after. You need to know where God is putting you in the sea and in the ocean of where you're at. Now, does that mean that it makes us any better? No way, not at all. It just means that we are not going to make everyone happy. Listen, Victory Outreach is not going to make everybody happy. The majority of the places that I go to, over 90%, I say, hey, I'm from Victory Outreach. They go, oh, man, you guys are great. You guys are awesome. You guys are powerful. Oh, man, I'm glad you guys are doing that. But there's another 10% many times I say, hey, I'm from Victory Outreach. You know the look I get? They go, Victory Outreach, whatever. Now, for me, I'm like, man, what did I do to you? I didn't do anything, but I got to realize somewhere when they were swimming upstream, they got hurt. 
and they got hurt. And I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll, why don't you come? But you know what I've learned is that fish are slippery. They're slippery. Hey, why don't you come? Don't touch me. Don't pray for me. Don't look at me. All right. But you know what I've learned? Fish are slippery, but there's other fish in the sea. There's other souls out there. Can't make everybody happy. Can't do it with everybody. But we need to keep to what God has called us to do. Can I hear an amen? Somebody once said, if your number one goal is to make sure that everyone likes and approves of you, then you risk sacrificing your uniqueness and therefore your excellence. If that's your number one goal, to make sure that everybody approves of what you're doing, you're going to lose your uniqueness. And you know what? I've learned that. I've learned to just be who I am. I've learned to come up on a Sunday morning and wear white pants with an orange jacket. I don't care. It's fine. I, and believe me, I, I want you to know something. There are a lot of churches, even within Victory Outreach, they go, Pastor, you, you know, you're a little bright right there. Why don't you just wear like everybody else? I'm, like, uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I know that. They look at me, oh, you're young. Look at you. Look, he, cut a, cut a, he put a line in his hair. Who does he think he is? I'm a guy with a line in my hair. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I really don't know. I know who I'm supposed to be. Do you know who you're supposed to be? I know what I'm supposed to do, right? That's why I love it whenever we have Vince. He comes up here and he's like, shake the ground and shake it. I'm like, all right. Be you, Vince. I don't care. That's fine. Not, not a problem. Now, we're shaping the shake. But that's called discipleship, and that's another message for another day. <laughs> but you're you. You're exactly who God had called you to be. Be you. That's fine. And know that, hey, not everybody. You, you know how many times whenever I say the word victory outreach, the term I would get was, oh, that's a Mexican church. You want to know the most hilarious thing? That I'm the pastor of this church. I don't speak a lick of Spanish. I eat Spanish. Matter of fact, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I was talking to uh, some of the pastors the other day. I'm gonna go back to Indonesia. I think I'm gonna be able to look Arab. I gotta put my hair on. I got the beard. Might get away with it. It's actually it's actually happened before. If you look throughout church history, you'll find Hudson Taylor did that exact same thing. You grow it accordingly. You go wherever the fish are. You know what you're fishing for. You're gonna start looking like them. Another message for another day. Amen? So we need to determine what kind of fish we are fishing for. Number two, we need to learn to think like a fish. To think like a fish. Knowing the habits, the actions, and the personalities of fish will help you catch them. Why? Because fishermen study fish. If you're a fisherman, you study fish, right? You study the different kinds, the trout, the salmon. If you would like to go deep sea and the sword fishing, the crab, whatever it might be, like you have to study their personalities, right? For those of you that are really into fishing, not your average fisher, but your above average fisherman, you have to study the fish, right? You'll watch the videos, you'll hear, you'll do some research with other fellows, with other guys, with other girls. Oh, how did you catch the fish at what time? You start finding out the personalities of those fish. You know what? But here's the problem that I found for me. The longer I am a believer, the less I think like an unbeliever. 
It just It's normal, right? The longer I'm about, I love God, I love God. So I go out there and I say, amen. And that's a great four-letter word for me. But you know what I found when I go out to the world? They don't say that four-letter word. They say other four-letter words. And so many times we can go, oh, how how dare you? What do you mean, how dare you? They live in the world. That's what they're supposed to. They're supposed to be daring. That's just what they do. You have to learn how to think like a fish. Where are the fish going? What do they do? You heard it from my wife just a little while ago. They went out there to where the fish are, to where the big fish are. Matter of fact, actually, the fish are there in the creek right there. Because you begin to understand it's a different mentality. See, Hayward is a working city. Hayward, the East Bay area, this is a working area. So we think in terms of work, how much overtime, the money. Okay, should I get this house? Should I, okay, how does it work? What, okay, maybe I can go out to Tracy. It's a lot cheaper out there. But if I work out here, how are we going to do that? What's the commute? Maybe I can commute with somebody. Okay, if I get the extra hours, if she gets this, if I get people that live in here with me, then we can get this. If I can rent this room and this is how it works. That's how the Bay Area thinks. This is our culture. It's the way that it is. It's a certain way of thinking. You as a believer must understand what it is to think like a fish. The longer we are believers, sometimes we think less of the unbeliever. Many lost people don't believe that you can understand their life and what they're going through. Jesus understood it. In Mark chapter 2, verse 8, it says, at once Jesus knew what they were thinking. He knew right away what they were thinking about, what they wanted to do to him. Right away, Jesus knew their thoughts. He knew exactly what they were trying to do. And uh, Paul even taught us this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. One of my favorite scriptures. It says, be wise in the way you act towards those who are not believers, making good use of every opportunity you have. You have. Your speech should always be pleasant and interesting, and you should know how to give the right answer to everyone. Some of your translations say, let your conversation be seasoned with salt, that you may know how to approach and how to talk to everyone. Now, this is what I've learned. Most unchurched people, they're not atheist. They're just unchurched. Doesn't mean they don't believe in God. It's just right now they're not believing in coming to church. That's fine. That's okay. We must figure out what are the ways to get them from their busy life into the life of abundance. See, right now, that's just what they know. This is all I know. I know how to swim this way. I know how to go this way. We ourselves must understand what it is to bring them into Christ. We must realize that the vast majority of people are far more concerned about their car payment than they are about the virgin birth. Maybe it won't be, it's not right, but it's a fact. So this is something that we must be able to do and what it is to learn to think like a fish. In other words, we need Aquaman. We need aqua women. For those of you superheroes, right? I think there's a movie coming out, the Aquaman, right? He's the one who rules the seas. He thinks like a fish, and fish follow him. I think I feel another superhero series coming on. Amen. Being able to think. Number three, we need to go to where the fish are biting. Somebody say, go fish. Somebody say, go fish. We need to go to where the fish are biting. We need to determine... Who is the most receptive audience in our area? We won't win all, so we need to target those we can reach the best. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, he says, I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. The word save means to win over. 
to win over. Winning in large part is an attitude. Did you know that? Winning in large part is an attitude. If you don't take rejection easy, winning will be very difficult. If you don't take rejection very easy, winning is going to be very difficult for you. This is a case in point. I got a beautiful, beautiful five-year-old daughter. I love her to life. I mean, she is the greatest. And I'll walk in the house. I'll walk in the house, you know, from uh, whatever I was doing. And, you know, my body's a little tired. Right away, my daughter, Daddy, Daddy, give me a kiss. Oh, she got me right away. So I give her a kiss. And then I'll, you know, put my stuff away. Right away, Daddy, Daddy, can you give me something to drink? Okay, yeah, I'm going to get you something. You know, but, you know. My mind is occupied. My body is trying to come down. Daddy, Daddy, give me something to drink. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you something. I'm going to get it right now. I'll walk away. I'll go do something. Five minutes later, I'll be sitting down. I totally forgot about what you were saying. Daddy, Daddy, can you give me something to drink? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Okay, let me, let me get you something to drink. And on my way over to the fridge, I'll take a right, and I'll, oh, I forgot about this. Let me go do this. I got to go do this. Five minutes later, she goes, Daddy, Daddy, can you get, oh, man, I, I forgot. I totally forgot. What am I saying? I'm saying that little by little what is happening is that my daughter is winning me over to what she wants. It takes time over and over and over again. See, Paul in his wisdom understood. He says, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to become all these things, but I'm only going to save some. That's some wisdom right there. See, because you would think that the scripture would read, I become all things to all men, so I'm going to win everyone. No. Actually, it just it takes some time. It takes some winning over. You can't just become a winner just like that. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Every World Series champ at one time lost a game. Every NBA Finals champ at one time lost a game. In other words, you can't win every single time. It's almost impossible unless you're a Dolphins fan. They did it one time out of all the years for NFL football. But just about every time, you're going to lose at some point. You're not going to get it right. But the thing is, don't quit. Don't quit. you got to keep on keeping, keep on keeping, keep on reminding. Oh, yeah, remind. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You told me that five weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks again. Another five weeks ago, hey, Jesus loves you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to come to your church. All right, I forgot. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. You can't just, man, I told them to come to church, and they're not listening to me. No, you got to, sometimes you got to be like my five-year-old daughter. Oh, by the way, hey, can you get me something to drink? Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot. I forgot. In the busyness of today, sometimes friends and family, they forget, but they need you to win them over. Win them over. Can I hear an Amen. This is very important when it comes to that. Save some does not mean that God does not have someone else who can reach that particular group that you can't. God always knows what he's doing and who he's using. The fourth thing is that we need to catch fish on their terms. Catch fish on their terms. In other words, they like to eat, so use the right bait. They like to swim on the bottom, so you need to fish on the bottom. They hit flies on the surface, throw an artificial fly on the surface. Figure out the times that fish eat. It's very important to the hunger of the soul. Paul gave his strategy in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. If you're taking notes, you could write it right there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, he says, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I become as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. 
to them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain those that are under the law. To them that are without the law as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. Now this is very important. Paul is not talking about compromising the message. He's talking about giving those the message in the state of where they're at. Now this is very important. This is very, very important because a lot of times we think, oh, okay, well, that's a white guy. We're going to let a white person witness to them. Oh, that's a Mexican guy. Let a Mexican person go witness to them. Oh, that's a black fellow. Let a black person. No, no, no. That's not how it works. If you think like that, you're already adapting to the culture of this world and not to the kingdom that God has given us. You're missing it all. Paul understood this. He said, to the Jews, I become Jews. To the Greeks, I become Greeks. Whatever it is, you want, you want me to speak to the white collar? I'll speak to the white collar. You want me to speak to the blue collar? I'll speak to the blue collar. You want me to speak to the no collar? I'll speak to the no collar. Wherever it is, I will be able to speak. Because I understand what it is that God has called me to do. See, this is what Paul was trying to to give. He was trying to give to those the message of the gospel. And the last thing, and I close with this, when it comes to, actually, this is the fifth one. I don't close with this one because we're actually going to do something right now. You must be able to use more than one hook. Use more than one hook. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 says, I am made all things to all men. We live in a world right now of choices. Did you know that? There's so many choices. I have, or I had, I canceled it. We have Xfinity. I canceled that thing. There were so many television channels. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even watch them. I don't even watch this, so I canceled that thing. So there's Netflix, right? Netflix. You know Netflix has over 4,300 movies and over 1,200 TV shows? That's just Netflix. That's not including Hulu or movie stream, or uh, all these other things. I mean, there's all these other channels. That's a lot of choices, right? That's a lot of different choices. So many different supermarkets, uh, fast foods. I mean, you could take your pick of food. I don't want Mexican today. I want El Salvadorian. I don't want El Salvadorian. I want barbecue. I don't want barbecue. I want Korean barbecue. I don't want Chinese. I want Japanese. You know, I don't want this kind of Japanese. Like, there's so many different choices of where to eat, where to go, where to shop. Oh, I don't like Old Navy. I like this one. I don't like Macy's. I like this. Like, oh, my God, there's so many. Where, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Some of you, you have your favorite restaurant, right? You go to your favorite restaurant. Let's just call it, we got Everett and Jones across the street. You go to Everett and Jones. You already, you know everything on the menu. You still walk up there and go, uh, yeah, I'm not, hold on. Uh, uh, and it's your favorite You've been there a hundred times. And you say, I don't know what I'm going to choose. I'll go, go ahead and order. Go ahead and order. Go ahead. <laughs> we live in a world of choices. So many different things for babies, for young adults, for college students, for senior citizens, for singles, for married. There's so many different choices. We as a church need to understand that there's different hooks for different fish. Different bait for different fish. You know what I love about our church? This is what I love about our church. Our church, we can take you to South Africa with one rhythm, just like that. Let's go to South Africa. Just like that. We're ready to go to South Africa. Ah, Jabulani, ah, Jabulani, Jabulani. We're like, yeah, this is cool. And then a few moments later, 
esa montaña se moverá, se moverá, se moverá. You go from Spanish, like how in the world did we get from Latin America to South Africa? Where did that come from? We've got Filipinos, right? So you sing in Tagalog. I still remember uh, when I was in Indonesia, I still remember the song. Tell me if I got it right. This is in uh, Bahasa. Was that right? I remember. Pretty good. That was 17 years ago. I still remember that. I don't even know how I remember that, but the music, it got me. All right, that's, that's Bahasa. That's Indonesian. Trimakasi means lift up the Lord Jesus, we exalt him, right? Lift up the Lord Jesus, we exalt him. Trimakasi. Trimakasi. Trimakasi Tuhan. Trimakasi Tuhan. Oh, what does that mean, Tuhan? I forgot already. Thank you, God. That's right. Thank you, God. See, I'm getting it right here. So what am I saying? We got a bunch of different hooks. That's what I love about our church. We got some Spanish. We got some Tagalog. We got some Indonesian. We got El Salvadorian. We got Puerto Rican. We got some African. Or let me just make this very clear. We just don't have African. We have South African. That's, that's different. South Africa is different than Africa. Let's make that very clear. Because when you go to South Africa, they tell you, oh, no, no, no. This ain't Africa. This is South Africa. Right? Those of you that have traveled to South Africa, they make it clear to us whenever, oh, you American, no, 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 South Africa, not Africa. Okay. The Cape Tonians are different than the Jobergs. Did you know that? In South Africa, Joburg, they're different. These Cape Tonians, and then you got the, the people from Pretoria, they're all different. Now, I say that because even here in the Bay Area, people from Hayward are different than those from San Jose. People from San Jose are different than those from Daly City. Daly City is different than San Francisco. Like, don't tell the people from Daly City, oh, that's San Francisco. No, it's Daly City. Daly City. People from Dakota, that's not Union City. No, 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 this, this, this is Dodge. It's Dodge. Pfft, Union City. It's Dodge. What am I saying? I'm saying that there's different hooks and different baits for different fish. So it's not about, well, this is very important because a lot of times we think that uh, when it comes to that, okay, let them do it. They're from Dodge. No, you just need the right bait. Well, they're from Africa. Let them, no, 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 you just need the right bait. Well, they're from Mexico. Let them, no, 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 you just need the right bait. So you're not thinking like a true fisherman yet. You're thinking like somebody else who just eats the fish and doesn't know how to catch the fish. See, if we are going to reach the people of this city, I love what my, my wife and the team is doing here. Every Saturday, they're going out. Every Saturday. They've determined it this summer. They're going out every Saturday. Now, the times are varying because the fish vary. Right? Times are, so if you're looking, well, okay, at 9 o'clock. If, if they go every Saturday at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be there. But if they go at 3, I can't go. Well, see, because you need to know that fish bite at different times. So sometimes they might go out at 9 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes they might go out at 9 o'clock at night. Fish bite differently. Fish bite at different times. However, this is the very key, and I, I end with this last principle. When it comes to fishing, fishing is a team sport. Fishing is a team sport. He can come to the piano. This is very important. Because a lot of times we think fishing is like this, right? This is the American, Western civilization, whatever you want to call it, fishing. In other words, that's my pole. This is mine. Don't touch it. 
I'm using it. This is my anointing. So you think the anointing is solo. So you think this is how you fish. Okay, I'm going to go out. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got this. I got it. Don't worry about it. I can do it. I can, I can, whatever, you know, don't worry about it. I got this. I can do it. The problem with solo fishing is that you can give up at any time and you'll keep accountability for nothing. Really no big deal. Nobody there to push you. Nobody there to help you. When you read the scriptures and you find Jesus talking to the disciples and the disciples talking to Jesus, they never talked about a solo rod fishing. They didn't talk like this. This is how we think. We think fishing's like this. But actually, fishing was talked to in a different way. Let me, let me have that one. Let me have that one over there. Now, this is a whole lot smaller, but you get the objective here when it comes to a net. Nets were always used in Bible times and still used to this day to catch large numbers of fish. And the reason why is because, see, this even still has the Western pole, right? This is a, what, you could do it on your own. This is the Western thinking by yourself. The actual way of fishing was a net. You get a big net. You take that side, you take that side, you take that side, and you take that side, and we're going to catch these fish together. Fishing was always done together. So that means when you do it together, you have a greater anointing together as well. And you get the net, and you take it. And now this is the thing that I've also learned in scriptures, that sometimes even when you get the net and you throw it out there, you won't always catch fish. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the disciples were out there all day, almost all night, until Jesus showed up on the scene and said, hey, put your net on the other side. Now think about this. These were professional fishermen. These weren't just anybody's. They knew what they were doing. See, some of you here, I know what I'm doing. I'm from here. I'm from Dakota. I'm from Hayward. I ran these. I run these streets. Okay. If you think about it, though, the streets ran you because you got run into the ground. But you can think of it however you want, right? Drugs were awesome. So we take this net. We're supposed to cast it on one side. Jesus shows up, says, take the net, put it on the other side. Professional fishermen know what they're doing. They smell like fish. They think like fish. They know everything about fishing. So one disciple says, okay, I've been doing this all day, all night. I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm going to put it on the other side. And they take the net and they put it on the other side. When it comes to fishing, it's always been about doing it together. It's always been about doing it together. The reason why sometimes you think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my coworker. I'm going to get my mom. I'm going to get my dad. Listen, I've been trying to get my cousins far too long by myself. I got a big family, a huge family, both huge in numbers and huge in huge. I'm the smallest one of all my cousins. I'm not lying. I'm small. Whenever I show up to any family reunion, they do this as a joke every time. They give me two plates. Say, you need to have, be like a Reese. Eat. I said, no, man, Pineda, man, I can't help it. Family, man. And every time, I always throw out the net. Recently, my cousin had a stroke, bad stroke. It got him real good. We were talking. I went down to go visit him. 
went down to go visit him. And when I went to go visit him, I was praying for him. He was open. And as I was praying for him when I was done, he said, hey, Primo, I got a question. How do I read this Bible? I said, really? He said, yeah, I, I tried and I... So right away, my first instincts kicked in. Oh, Victory Outreach, right? Oh, okay, well, this is, you know, Victory Outreach. And I, right away, I started talking. And as I started talking, I could see his face just wasn't feeling it. So I said, I go, oh, let me switch. I go, have you ever been to church? He said, well, yeah, I went once. Went a couple months back. I went one time. I go, really? I go, where'd you go? He said, I went to Praise Chapel. I go, Really? Oh, yeah, I kind of liked that guy. He was kind of different, but I liked him. I said, you know what? Then you need to go there. I said, that is a great church. That is an awesome church. Matter of fact, and I started pumping up the church. Like, it's the greatest church known to man. I was like, man, you got to go. Oh, dude, they have, they have music. They got the Bible study. I didn't even know if they had the Bible studies or nothing. Like, oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Oh, man, dude, Praise Chapel, they're the best. And I sold it like if I was the pastor of Praise Chapel. Why? Because I didn't care about the church. I cared about the soul. My cousin said, hey, man, come on, man. You got to do this. God loves you. God's got a plan for you. Listen to me, Victory Outreach. Reach the soul. Reach the soul. If they come into this pool, if they come into this sea, if they come into this church, great. We'll help. We'll clean them up. We'll disciple them. But if they don't come... Oh, well, you ain't coming to my church. No, who cares? As long as they get to heaven, that's where we want to take them. We want to take them to heaven. Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, we need to go fishing this summer. Some of you right here, right now, we just gave you a whole bunch of methods on how to do this. We got to do this together. We got to go to where the fish are biting. It is our time. It is our call. When I seen that lightning the other day, I said, man, what if God comes back? I need to go fishing. I got to go out there because if I am fishing, I am following. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. We got to go to South Gordon. We got to go to South Hayward. We got to go to Dakota. We got to go to Union City. San Leandro, San Lorenzo, Castro Valley. It doesn't matter if they don't get the same skin color as you. You got to preach them and reach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're people that need to hear that Jesus loves them. Stand with me and lift your hands with me here this morning. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. This is your church, your people, and this is our time. There's no better time than the